All right, Mena fans and Kirk, who is a, the number one listener to this show, welcome to Mena Fandom. I'm, of course, your host, Menas. I'm joined by two Wilbur Show veteran, Andy Mayo. Mayo, welcome back. Thank you for having me, Menas. Great to have you on. Good to have you on after your terrific appearance where we reviewed the um, the Wilbur Shows. Yeah, how long ago was that? When was the Wilbur show? Was it June? July, you fucking moron. It was in July. How can you forget me coming to Connecticut? Oh, that's right. July meeting 4th. your family. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's, so it's been it's been a few months. I've been enjoying yep. I've been enjoying your show. I think Kirk had some uh, healthy criticism for it. Little little less navel gazing. A little more Kirky Kirky centric talk. I agree with uh, him. Why would Kirk say that, Mayo? Because he knows he knows what the people want. He knows. No, hey. he doesn't know what the people want. I can tell you, having looked at the listening figures, they're going up. People not only listen to every second of this podcast, some people listen to it twice. So there's there's no reason. And also, I mean, Kirk's co-host one day this week was Steve Snell. So how much advice should I take from Kirk at this point? Yeah, we'll get it. We'll get into that. I'm sure. Can I? Can I? Um, uh, knowing that every second that goes by, the chances of Kirk. Uh, shutting it off increase. So can I get something out of the way at the beginning, a, a direct appeal to Kirk? Go for I it. have, now this isn't Andy Mayo talking. This is Andy Morrison, the real guy. I have a cold case that I really think he'd be interested in at least considering if he is in the market for cold cases that could work for the case podcast. I gave Dave Cullinane a little information. Since then, I've done a little bit more sleuthing myself, and it is even riper than I thought it was when I recommended it to Dave. So if they really are looking for, I'm, not, I'm in all seriousness, I have something I think he'd be interested in. Okay, you're probably like the 50th minute fan this week to suggest something to him. I'm sure they get like... All these, all the time. Lots I'm of sure, these, all the time. I, and and I, I know, and that's why I'm trying to... I'm trying to really express i i know they must get a lot of recommendations mentors i told you about it it's a good it's a good case that someone could dig into and possibly crack without having yeah, but to it's, maybe travel as much as some of the other cases they've done okay all right well if you're listening kirk and you haven't fast forward as soon as you heard mayo's voice well actually i mean he retweeted one of your tweets yesterday so did he i think your relationship with oh. kirk since the Wilbur has been a lot stronger. And I guess it also gives me hope for Kevin in Bristol that, you know, you were never, <laughs> you were never, you were at the lowest of the lows at one point, the most hated Minifan. And now you're, you know, just in the mix of other hated Minifans. Maybe Kevin can at least get out of the most hated to in the mix. I did respect Kevin for not, not giving in the other day when he called. Yes. Well, I, I think, though, he should have had the real conversation with Kirk then. Uh, like, he should have dropped the bit. And I think Kirk wanted to talk to him, which might have led to some, I don't know, reparation of their relationship. Yes. Although although I would also be interested in hearing that conversation between the two of them and hope it happens. In the moment, it was so funny for Kirk to make that appeal and put that on the table. And then for Kevin to just not break the stupid Neil Diamond character, it, it made me laugh. But but doubt yeah that's I do good. hope they have that talk. That's good because point. Kevin rarely makes you laugh. That is true. That is true. I will say, Kevin rarely makes me laugh. But when he does, he, I laugh pretty hard. The, the the times that I find Kevin funny, I find him very funny. <laughs> yeah, 
When it lands, like one in every you know hundred bits, um, it is funny. All right, let's get into the Meniverse segment. Um, but a, a huge show today, by the way. Mayo and I are going to rank our top five sort of third chair huge. Um, people in studio. Kirk did it this week, so Mayo and I are going to weigh in on it. But we've got what are we watching? We've got some listener questions. But you know, I like to start with the Meniverse. Really fun show last week, having Lauren uh, Montante and Bobby Fitz. And, you know, I, I heard the criticism of Kirk, but as I've said many times, it's not a straight wrap-up show. It's an extra episode of KMS. And as I said, like, his co-host this week was Steve Snell. So, you know, he threatened to block me. Maybe I should block Kirk because, <laughs> I mean, it's not good for my brand. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think uh... – I think I think your show takes a cue from Kirk in that it's it's a wrap up show, but it also gets into the 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 freak show that is the the Menifan pool that you're pulling from, with the of of course uh, exclusion of of Lauren Lynn, she's not part of the uh, the freak show pool. Absolutely not. So beautiful. It was incredible to see her last week on camera. Um, really hard to concentrate and get my words out with that jaw dropping beauty in front of me, but I did it. The the I true shocker through. was that that um what's his name the guy not Montante the other guy who was on Fitz Bobby Fitz Fitz he, he when he came on and he started speaking in full complete rational sentences I was fucking floored I did not expect that not, I think everyone was I think <laughs> everyone was surprised by that <laughs> it was it was it was it was almost as shocking as the time Latino Kirk actually turned out to be a Latino guy <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, staying in the miniverse, uh, or the meniverse, sorry. Uh, I got a tattoo, my second tattoo this week. I got Charlie, my deceased cat's paw print. I know chicks dig ink, so mina ladies, look out if I make Let's it back see it. to the, the states. Well, I'll show you, uh, Mayo, so you can get. I've already reaction. seen it. It's a, but it's a, an audio product. This, so I'm not sure how that's going to fly. See, because um, you and I, you and I are, uh, we're friends on social media. So I do get these glimpses into your personal life. Like I've already seen that tattoo and I spent a while. Actually, I felt like, um, I felt like, uh, like, uh, like, a like a native American studying tracks. I was really looking at it, trying to figure out like, which one is the cat paw and which one is the chihuahua paw, which, which yeah, the one chihuahua is paw's the, who's the chihuahua paw is the little one. Charlie's the cat and he was bigger than the dog. And they're both dead. They're both dead. Yeah. And so you got there. I showed them, I showed them a photo of you and they just, it just dropped dead as soon as I. So where's the um what uh where's the tattoo of your your deceased father your late father I assume if you're if you're commemorating your your animals with tattoos you must have one for your dead dad right? I don't, and I did visit my father's grave yesterday actually, which was quite touching. But um no, because like at the time, like when my dad was in the coffin, I didn't take his foot out and get like a footprint. All right, so last week on the Maniverse segment, I forgot to call former co-host Red, who refuses to say goodbye to the audience. I'm going to try again. Let's see if he picks up this week. Oh, okay. I believe he's busy. I may have tried to recruit him for this episode. What do you think he's a suspense right is now? killing me? I just want to know why he hates the listeners so much. You might say goodbye. Probably, yeah, well, he's by eating not, now. By not saying goodbye, he's full. Oh. 
All right. So, again, I'll have to delete his real name from the podcast, but it's worth it. It's worth it for this classic bit. All right, let's get into the show stuff. Um, two main show episodes this week. I'm not counting the Snellster show. I guess, um, well, I mean, where do you want to start, Andy? Um, you know, I, I, my first note here is that Dave Cullinane does have vocal fry when he gets whiny. Like when he's speaking normally, it's all good. But when Kirk and people start to pile in on him, all of a sudden he does go vocal fry. I need a better understanding of what vocal fry is because maybe it's just me when Cullinane was asked to get an example of it and he got a, uh, a speech pathologist literally just defining it. I, I failed to grasp what it is. What is a vocal fry? It's that they voice. It's kind of like a um, Kardashian. Give yeah, me, do your voice. best one. Do your best one. I do it. Mike did a really good one. It's where, you know, oh, what are you doing? Oh, like, what is that? You know? Oh, so you... like the way every woman on every Ringer podcast I listen to talks? Okay. Well, I mean, usually I get Montante on for the sexist comments. Now, I mean, I don't know. I don't listen to the Ringer podcast. You, know, you don't? Okay. No. I, I'm, I mean, I'm being, I, I like and respect the women I listen to on the, on the Ringer. Um, <laughs> Shout out Joanna Robinson, but I kind of think I'm, I'm serious. I, I think maybe they'd be an example of what people would say is a vocal fry. If I understand. Okay. And, I, and I think Carl does that when he gets a bit of shit thrown on him. Like I think normally he's fine, but if you go back and listen, as soon as he, he, he sounds like a girl from the ringer from what you're saying. I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to start paying attention to it. Cullinane had a, he was off this week. He was really off. That was one example. I mean, it was, it was of course funny as always when he fucks up. But for <laughs> when Kirk said, "Look it up on YouTube," and Dave was like, "We'll do, Chief. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do that on the ride home tonight." <laughs> and then he, I mean, he does look it up. He doesn't even look up a fucking actual example of it. He looks up the pathologist explaining it. It was, it was just brilliant in Cullinane's stupid way. But he had I mean, a few. I, he had a few moments like I, that this week where I, you could tell something's off with him. Well, he was sick, so you got to give him a bit of leeway here. He was sounded a bit under the weather all week, um, and it can knock you around a bit. Hey, um, I've got a classic cull bit from this week. Have a listen. I love this bit. Listen to it about fifty times. James, Corden. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll host the Tonight Show. All right. Yeah, I'll do Good. it. If I get if I get stripped of it, I won't fucking cry like Colin for like six months and grow a beard and fucking act like a bitch. <laughs> what? I'm not acting like a bitch. What? Huh? You say Colin ain't acting like a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Zoned out for a second. <laughs> James Corden. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Show. All right. Yeah, I'll do okay. it. Okay. Once was enough. Yeah, I, once I love that bit. I love that bit. It does seem like he's often not paying very close attention. Oh, no doubt. He's like looking at spinning chicklets Twitter. He's on foreplay Twitter. He's, uh, you know, checking out real estate posts, all that stuff while the show is going on. Sort of half listening. I, I love how Cullinane will be like, have you heard about this? And Kirk will say no, and then ask very basic questions about it, and Cullinane can't answer a single one. Like the Amazon suicide kit. He he just he could only speak in the, the vaguest generalities about it. So I don't know what I don't know what the expectation is is of how much he needs to know about a topic in order to have a discussion. But I've noticed that quite a bit. Kirk and Dave, Kirk and Michael ask him questions about something he brought up and then he really can't answer too much about it in any sort of detail. Yeah. I don't think attention to detail is Dave Cullinane's um, strength, like, um, you know, confirmed being the, the, the great, great example of that with the catering. Um, but like 
I think he would say, re- I think he's one of those people that he reads headlines and then he just puts them down on paper and then he just regurgitates them to, to Kirk. He wouldn't then actually read the article and say, make notes on, on the key points yeah. in the story that he, in fact, might prompt discussion rather than, oh, have you heard this story? Maybe you actually lead with an issue where you say, oh, what do you think about this element of the story? And then all of a sudden it all of a sudden Kirk's hooked in and the listeners are hooked in. But I guess that kind of podcasting not really for Carl. Well, and in Cole's, in Cole's defense from a time management perspective, I guess he probably, he, he, you never know what Kirk is going to bite on and what he's not. So if you go in with 20 possible topics, knowing Kirk maybe is going to bite on three or five of them, then how much, uh, how much work are you really going to put into diving in deep into each one of the things that you're, you're trying to throw out there to him? I well, I think the mistake is going in there with twenty and hoping Kirk latches onto some. I think if you're a confident producer who knows what they're doing, really, you go in with half a dozen ideas and you say to Kirk, you know, run with it or fuck off. Like, like that's the producer's job. I would certainly love to hear Cullinane say "run with it or fuck off" to Kirk. That would be a, an interesting episode. Well, I, I think I sh- that's why I should be producing the show because I wouldn't go in there with twenty half-assed stories and think that's how you make a show. Like go in there with more substance less but better yeah but uh i think a producer with that type of temperament there would be some blockbuster moments that you're not going to get from dave but you wouldn't have the longevity in that producer's role that dave is going to have because there is a certain i think uh passivity that the producer kind of needs to have in order to, to last long with kirk i think so but i think if we saw anything with steve robinson is Kirk respects people that are good at their job. So you just have to earn Kirk's respect. Once you've done that, I think you, it would go swimmingly. Yeah, but Steve didn't push but that. He didn't really push back on Kirk. Well, he started to, and then he would just. No, sort of, he just, he just quit. Of, and then, and then eight months later told Kirk he was quitting. Yeah, but he, he that's true. But he did try and push at stages and then he gave up. Uh, but I don't think, but, but the issue with Steve was not, the pushing, I don't think he knew what Kirk needed. Like he was trying all the political stuff that wasn't landing. Yeah. Colinane is, uh, is, um, as I said once, and I get douche chills when I think about the fact that I put it this way, but Colinane is a, I think a better curator of content for Kirk show. I think mm. he brings more Kirk centric stuff to the table than, than Steve did, whereas Steve seemed to just bring the shit that Steve was interested in. Which, I do which think Steve, Steve should be producing the Callahan mm. show. Yeah. I'm really uh I kind of thought that would end up happening, but he might he'd be, still happen. He'd be good as like an executive producer slash co-host where mm. he wasn't doing the grunt work of producing, but he was giving more direction and, and setting a bigger picture for the show. And then Montante and Craig were doing the grunt work side of things, and Steve was more of an on-air guy. I could see that working. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to listen to it because I don't really align with them or like them, but uh but they'd be they'd be good at that. And Jerry needs obviously Jerry fucking needs somebody. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the problem is they hate each other, don't they? So that might preclude them working together. True, but Kirk's a big proponent of that. That hate can be the the fuel for a great show. Yeah, I, I've noticed with Cullinane a little bit of a switch in the last couple of months. He's still quite radio focused and EEI world focused, and he he brings up topics that 
I think some of the older Minna fans might appreciate, but I think some of the newer Minna fans might be like, what the fuck and who the fuck is this? Speaking of that, um, for older Minna fans out there, not age-wise, but in terms of support of our great leader, Kirk, um, Trenny Casey, formerly known as Kuznerik, um, is on Alex Reema's podcast this week. So if you, really? you miss your old KMS days, then Trenny and Reema, those two liberal loonies, are back together for one episode. I haven't I'm, listened to Yeah, it, I'm so. sure it'll be like listening to K&C again. I'm sure they'll be, they'll be uh, you know, it won't be a watered-down vanilla version of their personalities. Mm. I think I I think Trenny is an attractive woman. People give me shit for that online. I, th- I think Trenny's attractive. I'm glad she got married. Good for her. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I make she's not my type, and she was so annoying on air. I, I did used to like listening to Trenny and Tomasi on Saturdays because it was just like two fucking lunatics in a room just bouncing stupid things off each other. It was just amusing. It was like Laurel and Hardy, but they they didn't realize that it was funny. They were like being serious. Um, but and so I've, back to I've Cull- stolen many lines from Kirk. Many lines yeah. I've stolen from Kirk Minahan, one of which is recently when they were talking about Trenny getting married and Kirk said, wow, some guy married Trenny. I mean, Trenny got married. That's <laughs> that's going right in the wheelhouse. I love that. That's a good burn. Yeah, that's a nice little nugget for the um, veteran Minna fans. But I think Cole is switching a little bit and he's actually pushing Kirk a little closer to Barstool. And I think... I have to give Carl a little bit of credit for this, that, you know, they are kind of making characters in the Minifan world barstool identities. Now, it wasn't quite like that the first couple of years because Steve really didn't have much interaction with the barstool platform, whereas at least Carl's across that. And, you know, you're seeing, you know, Rico and Jeff Lowe and more of these big personalities of barstool weaved into the Minna world. Yeah, and uh, and, uh, he is pushing for zoom guests which would also serve your theory that he's trying to create closer ties and more more crossover with barstool personalities because all of them would have to be in on zoom so yeah that makes sense i i personally i'm in that group you described of old minifans who i i will always be up for a dance on eei's grave session i find it interesting and even when kms first launched i remember saying you know that I hope five years from now we still get the occasional segment of just completely shitting on EEI and celebrating their demise because they fucking deserve it. So, yeah, it's it's, ob- it's not something you could do every day, but when the ratings come out and they are what they are, I always want to hear Kirk's reaction to it. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't mind it. I, I think it's a little bit of old news, though, just rehashing sort of old topics. Um, but a bit the well, a couple of things about the, the Barstool stuff. I think it's ironic that Carl is, you know, pushing Kirk closer to Barstool and Carl, you know, I think, you know, his still overall ambition is to get a job with four players spitting chiclets or something. But at the same time, they all think Cullinane's an idiot. Whitney piles on to Cullinane. Uh, Rig sent out a tweet today, um, you know, know, when they were talking about uh, the four-play guys being in the 2K game and there was an audio clip. Rig said, you know, I haven't even listened to this audio, but I bet Cullinane comes across as a brainless idiot. So, you know, it's ironic that, you know, all these people that, you know, Cullinane puts on a pedestal um, think he's a moron. I I totally disagree with the whole Cullinane's angling for a job at Barstool thing. I I believe Cully 100% when he says he's he's KMS till 
he's told not to be anymore. I don't think he would jump for anywhere else for, from KMS. There is something to Cullinane being, and I think this goes to sort of baby Dave thing. I think he like he likes being near Kathy and his dad. He likes his little life. And if if going to Barstool meant changing that, whether it's you know working in New York or spending more time away from his family, maybe that doesn't seem to be good for him because he seems to be seems to be really scared to leave the radius of his house. Like he never goes anywhere with Kirk. Great point. Great point. He did say once a, a remarkable Cully thing that went under the radar. He said once he opened up. Um, this is a father of two who doesn't know the answer to the fist. What do you call those accounts for your kid's college? There's a certain type of, there's a, there's like a fucking number, like a 501c3, but not that. Whatever. He opened okay. up a college. Oh, okay, okay. Mayo, Before Mayo, he had kids, Colin he, an idiot. I'm in Australia. Do you think it's the same number here? You just he call Cullinane an idiot, and you're he, asking Australian what the number is. He oh, yeah, op- My larger point, he opened a college savings account for his children before he was fucking married. Before he was married. Who does that? I've got two kids. We haven't done that. He so he so he 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 used that as an example of how he's a family first guy. So I think you're on to something. I think Cully would be really hard pressed to uproot his family and put some distance between him and him and uh, his parents and his, you know, 12 siblings. Yep. Thank you. So um, I think you're on to something there. I think you're on to something there. What, what's your, what's your opinion on the, on the zoom guest issue on KMS? Are you for it or against it? I'm a hundred percent for it. Primarily because I want to be in zoomed in. Okay. Take you out of it. Take you out of I'm, it. I'm still a hundred percent for it because we had a show this week with fucking Steve, Sne- Steve Snell. Are you telling me it wouldn't have been a better show if you had say, you know, say Rico on zoom for half an hour and then big cat on zoom for half an hour. I mean, they're really good examples because big cat and Rico are great, but you see where I'm coming from. Like I, I don't think you need, a guest in studio to do a good show that we have wonderful technology. Now, if you look at the Dave Portnoy show, it's all done online and uh, you know, they, they all the guests are remote and they scream at each other and they have fun. So th- there's no reason Kirk couldn't bring people in via zoom. And I think the way the show would work is, you know, you'd have Kirk o- open up by himself, have a little sort of preamble. Then you bring the guest in via zoom. They're with him from, for a while, maybe an hour, and then you close with Kirk taking calls, which is fine because mostly the the unless it's Mike, the, the guest in there usually doesn't do much on the calls, so you don't need the guest then anyway. And if that's your show once a week when Mike's not there, you can get really creative and get some really good people on. I, I just think it's silly. You know, I would love to come on say once a month and do a segment where we really sort of dive into the minifan world stuff, the, the stuff that the really insane fans like just half an hour, like what's fucking going on with Montante and all this stuff. Like I think the fans do like that inside baseball shit. Uh, I don't know about the, I don't know how much appetite there is for that on the main show. I mean, they used Fuck to get off, a lot of Mayo. What are you they talking to... about? That's the whole main show. That's what they do no, all the time not as much as not as much as in the heyday of the YouTube and in the heyday of the YouTube, there seemed to be a lot of, I always wondered what the percentages of, of listeners who really didn't care about the Minifan world stuff or not, or, or specifically like didn't care about you or me or, or anybody else that was doing the YouTube shows. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not just restricting it to YouTube shows, but I'm talking about the whole Minifan world. Are you telling me there's not half an hour of content there a month? That's better than Steve Snell sitting with his fat well, ass. Next I mean, to anything, Kirk. yeah, anything's better. Anything's better than Snell. I, over your overall point, you you perhaps have convinced me that the Zoom guests, especially if it means getting more of the barstool guys on, is worth a shot. They should they should at least try it out. And I understand Kirk Kirk is all about comfort, so he's of course going to be hesitant to try new things. But it it probably is worth it because, especially guy a guy like like Big Cat, I really enjoyed hearing Big Cat. I really enjoy. Uh, well, I don't know if I really enjoyed Rico, but Jeff D. Low, like Jeff D. Low coming on to talk movies once in a while. Yeah, there's there's it would open up a lot. It would open up a mm. lot. But I understand I'm... Kirk's I understand Kirk's feeling that there's just something to being in person, and especially for KMS. I mean, things can get you know things can get pretty chaotic at times. And I don't know if I feel like it might always be tamer over zoom, but, but then I don't know. But then like you said, with Dave Portnoy show, that's a good example of, you know, Rico went insane the other day and that was over zoom. So maybe, yeah, maybe I'm overthinking that. Maybe it is worth giving. I think you show. are. I think where the problem is, is say having someone in on zoom and then a few people in studio is hard because then it feels you just got, but if it was just Kirk and someone on screen in front of him and they're talking, I think that would be fine. Like they'd get into it. Um, and it's Barstool people as well. They would probably record the audio locally. And as Carlin said, it's an audio first prog- pro- product. So if there was any problems with the internet, Carl could add in the, the local audio after. So you would get a great result. So um, I think it's something they should really look at just to, I think because we're at a stage now where they just can't seem to find anybody to come in there, you know, Snell, Montante, and I like Mike, but, um, I just think they, they should have the options. Just on Jeff D. Lowe for a minute. I've become a massive. I got a lot like, of Jeff D. Lowe takes. I've got. I've become. He's about his big cock. But I've become a, a massive lights camera barstool fan. I love. Yeah, that you keep podcast. telling me that. Do I say uh, it online or on on Jeff, 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 can we talk about how full of shit Jeff D. Lowe is and how he didn't get Go. dragged enough? Give for it this? to me. Give it to Jeff me. Jeff D. Lowe. I let me. T- I took a fucking picture of it. Jeff D. Lowe tweeted out a picture of donuts from Dunkin Donuts and said uh Dunkin Donuts in New England hits different for I hate people who say fuck it hits different or it's slap shut the fuck up Jeff hits different more than any chain region to region family owned stores still making the donuts Fred the baker would be proud he responded to me several times on Twitter when I called this out as I'm I'm 99% sure there's not a fucking Dunkin' Donuts in, he claimed, Connecticut, where I live. Nobody is baking the fucking donuts at Dunkin' Donuts anymore. It's just, it seemed like such a hardo, like, ooh, look, I'm from New York City, and when I go back to quaint little New England, they're still baking the donuts. It's a fucking lie, and he won't provide any more details as to why he thinks they're made there. It was just the type of, like, harmless at the end of the day, like, if people are like, what does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. But it's a hardo thing to exaggerate about. And I think it was a little bit of like elitism. I'm I'm from fucking New York City. Look at me when I come back here. Oh, there's there's multiple generations of this family baking the donuts and teaching the newborn how to put the frosting and sprinkles on. Get the fuck out of here, Jeff D. Lowe. And he's also super sensitive. And he also, a mind-boggling decision to say for the dozen, you know what? For 90% of the set, Let's go with a Miami Vice neon color scheme, but let's make the background 
as depressing as the last few pages of Anthony Bourdain's journal. That was that was a shocker. Fucking great move by Jeff. And then he's he's <laughs> wilding out on Twitter. They've done like what four episodes of the dozen, and he's already just giving in to the trolls. And I don't know. He's even he's an interesting character, and I like him with Kirk. I like him a lot. I liked when Kirk said uh, that he wanted to be Jeff's agent. Jeff answered faster than Kirk getting a like Freddie Couples question in the dozen. He just immediately said yes. So I do like I mean, that about him. So I, I mean, like you, him, but I would have liked I would have liked his feet to get held to the fire over that donut. Well, you are so I, I wrong about his. You are so wrong about his Dunkin' Donuts take. You couldn't be more wrong. What the fuck I mean, do I, you know about when, it? When when I was staying in in Boston recently, the the Dunkin' Donuts across the river was clearly a family run place. The guy there was clearly the owner. The dad. He was there Saturday morning. It was a family run Dunkin' Donuts, and he was baking I the will, donuts. No, did you I will see agree the ovens? With, did you, you see him preparing the batter up. and putting them? Into the up. oven? Can you just sh- shut up for a minute? I- I'm pretty sure every Dunkin' Donuts is coming from a central plant now. Like, then they- why would he say they're still okay. making them? I think it's just an expression because it feels no, more homely than when you go into a place in New York and there's some fucking student there who couldn't give a shit. He's probably on their phone listening to a podcast. You know, there's fucking junkies, you know, shooting up in the oh, toilet. Oh, yeah. Every time I go to Dunkin' Donuts, the passion, New York. The, the passion is just seeping out of the pores of every employee. They well, really care. But when I go to Dunkin' Donuts, Friendly, in City, uh, in, it's some, much it's some friendly. fucking disenchanted student who couldn't care less. People Bullshit. are much friendlier in New, New England. There's no doubt about it. I, I was great hospitality in the Dunkin' Donuts in New England. And I just think that you, you're just way over the top on this issue. Nah, he got I caught think, in a lie. He got caught in a lie. He got caught in a lie. I, I just don't think you have you ever been to New York? Probably not. Have yes. you ever been? Yes. Once? 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 Did your mom and dad take you? I in went there? to the World Trade Towers and I was like, I wouldn't miss them. So, so, so you, you're obviously not there very often. I've been no, to I where like, you I live. I don't like. I don't like cities. Okay, like exactly. Cities. So, you, I think I think you should apologize to Jeff for being. See, wrong. look at you. Now you're you're pulling the same elitist card as Jeff, trying to tell me I, my opinions invalid. No, but you're talking about something you don't exactly. You don't know about it. You're I like, live in Connecticut. I go to Dunkin' Donuts. I know Jeff was lying. He's comparing it to New York, where they fucking just a dime a dozen. They didn't give a shit, and you go into a family run Dunkin' Donuts. They do not give. They don't give a shit. They don't give a shit at any Dunkin' Donuts, really. I don't think the well, I don't they think were the really nice to me. meter I is fucking bursting welcomed. in Connecticut versus New York. Uh, wrong, and I went to a fucking Dunkin' Donuts in Connecticut on the way to your house, and they were fantastic. Manners, I I know what Dunkin' Donuts you're referring to, and the last time I went there, the cops were there because one of the employees was like fist fighting her fucking ex boyfriend in the parking lot. Like they, it was well, they weren't there when this, I was there. It was not this quaint quaint fucking picture that Jeff D. Lowe painted of Dunkin' Donuts throughout New England. Well, I'm telling you, you're wrong. You just aren't wrong, and. Um, okay, so moving on to a bigger issue, the dozen stuff. Oh, there's um, no bigger issue, but okay. What I don't understand is they spend so much like money now on the dozen. They get, you know, all these people to come up from Boston to New York and film it live, and yet the sound is shit. And they didn't yeah. test the, the background. Like, okay, does this look okay? No, it's probably a bit heavy on the eye. Let's you know rethink it before we actually, you know, do the show. Like it, it was just very haphazard. Yeah, yes, less time I, watching movies, Jeff. More time on your show. Yeah, I was surprised by that. Given, given his dad that, would be pissed. He, Jeff's dad <laughs> would be pissed right now. Very given, disappointed. Yeah, Lucky he's dead. He, given that they uh, 
yeah, like you said, given that they upgraded and had a set and everything, I was very surprised with how poor the audio was. But let's get into yeah, that. Let's awful. get into the uh, so wait, hold on. Well, before the, the big topic of the week is Rico and Clamor. Is that where you want to go? I know that's the big topic. I have a minor topic that I I want to know if I should get to the minor topic before we go move for on it. To that. Just give it to me. There's no set so schedule. I like Steve I miss Snell. Red. Red knew how to do things. I like Steve Snell. Um, yes, but he was he was a zero on that episode. But whatever. Yeah. Um. Still enjoyed the episode. I will say there was a a tremendous moment in that episode where mm-hmm. Snell told the story about that dream and being depressed and then about how a KMS sponsor has been so helpful. Now I'm not saying every episode needs to have a minifan talking about how better help save their life, even though I'm sure they wouldn't have trouble filling that spot. But, but so can that, I interrupt? Can I interrupt? No, 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 no. This you is can, a big cat bit. Big cat been doing that. this. Big Pat has been doing this on the, his show for ages. He's got this stupid story where he says, I bought better health for someone for a month and it's changed his life. So Snell took it from Big Cat. Oh, Big Cat tells a secondhand story about it as opposed no, to some he, fucking no, big, he, loser from Maine talking about how how he had a bad dream and woke up thinking his ex was still in bed next to him and 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 got was in a very dark place. It's totally I can't different. You believe it. It's big Cat's bullshit. probably lying. Big Cat's like every every other podcast no, host is like, lying. "Oh, he I wear Bombas and I love them. Okay, I get well. I get ready fresh or whatever the fuck." And you is. don't think Snell's doing it? Snell such bullshit. I 100% believe Snell on that. And my larger point before I was so rudely interrupted is that that moment is, is a, a testament to Kirk's advocacy for mental health. And I think the influence it's had on some of his listeners, which is a great thing. And B it's a testament to that sponsor and their product and C it's the type of, of listener loyalty that is really unique and special to KMS. And it just further highlights that the barstool sales team is a fucking joke. If they can't, take something like that and do something with it then they're they're fucking hopeless totally hopeless i'm so down on the barstool sales team they've never known what to do with kirk he's literally got fans saying like this sponsor helped save my life whereas you're saying like big cat says oh yeah i bought this for my friend and it changed their life that's totally no, big cat says someone reached out to him and seemed in a bad way and big cat said look i'll buy you better help for a month and we'll see how you go but that is right? the difference is that kirk has the fucking fan just, on the show the worst that, point. The that worst level point of intimacy doesn't exist between any other podcast made. host and the his worst- audience this is as bad as the point about the the 5k this is as bad as the 5k point Sorry, I just I can't stand for it. Well, this, this, is a, this was this is a positive take. The five K one was a negative take. Yeah, but okay, the dick sucking of Kirk's fucking that was a special moment. That was a special it moment. It wasn't a special moment. It was, it was a, a fictional moment. moment with a no. fucking lunatic who is trying to get on the show by lying every step he gets. I believe him about his mailbox. Okay, so someone uh, someone pulls up in a pickup truck and he doesn't get the number plate, calls the feds. It's just such bullshit. I thought he said they did get the plate. No, they didn't get the plate. I thought so he, he said on the show the truck. he got the plate. No, he, so he, he couldn't see the plate. You can see the truck, but he can't get the number plate. How bizarre. As if a fucking minifan, and I, I touched on this on my uh, taboo show this week, the um, Shaving with Menas show. or Your taboo or show? Oh, so it was taboo. Tri- you, I think everyone thought takes. you were going to shave your face. So it was taboo when you were shaving 
your your nether regions. <laughs> that was Beatrice, a it was a I thick see. a thick main manners. Mm. Well, you know, I did that because Kirk said he wanted to do something similar and I wanted to run a test for him. But in yeah, that, funny. I said, how gullible is Kirk to just sit there and lap this bullshit story up and to let Snell talk about his fans like that? Like, Mayo, as if a Minifan would drive to his house and pull up in a pickup truck. It was probably somebody else that Steve Snell has crossed because he's probably a fucking psycho, does shit all week. And has nothing to do with the Minifans. fans. It is awful. And I don't. I won't stand for it. I don't know if it's that much of a stretch. Here's my thing. I could totally see a Minifan doing something prankish to Snell. Because we've heard stories of Minifans like mailing stuff to each other. I don't know. Minifans have done some weird shit before. So it's not. I understand why people don't believe him. But his story is. It's That's not that ludicrous of a premise. To think that a Minifan figured out where the guy lived and was like hey i'm gonna go fuck with him i don't think they i don't think it was malicious i don't think they were gonna to you i don't think they were gonna kill him this whole show it's like a new mayo just apologizing <laughs> for everyone well i don't fuck all right well let's do our while we're on this fucking dickhead snell let's do let's do our top five list of um third chair hey, people no hold on let's not forget who it was that got this whole fbi can of worms opened in the first place He's got two thumbs and 50 moles. It's this fucking guy. How did me. you get I that asked going? him a question on Twitter. Actually, I was trying to get him to come on this show. That's And that's what led him to somehow he think he thought it was like f- f- fans of you that are fans of Kirk that that did whatever to his mail, <laughs> desecrated his mailbox, <laughs> that essayed uh, the hell out of his mailbox. I, I, I hope the Mena fans did something because he deserves it. Uh, can, can say everyone just log the tape and say the 38-minute mark Oh, Andy 30 minutes. Mayo. we got to stop. we got to stop. Shut up. we got to stop. we got to stop. No, no, we'll right, go to 55. Go another 17? We'll, we'll go to 55, yeah. Right. Um, there is something to what Jerry said there. Um, but um, just everyone just log the tape. Andy Mayo just bragged about getting a response from Steve Snell on Twitter. So everyone just log whoa, 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 whoa. that. That's Mr. where Andy Mayo is in his life right no, now. No, no. He's bragging Mr. about getting a response from that fucking zero. Mr we should talk about the Minifan universe on the main show once a month. So, so you're, you're, you're so big on what's going on in the universe. The Steve Snell FBI thing has been one of the biggest topics in the universe in the last and you were bragging week. And it was about me, getting a it response. was me who kicked that door open and got the conversation going. So you're welcome. Everybody you're fucking all right, welcome. Everybody just log the tape. You know what I said? Uh, all right. So I'm um, Kirk. Rank can you see my his, nipple? Um, I can. Absolutely. Like, uh, is that very fat? Is that a guy like at a certain age as a man, do you just have hard nipples all the time? Cause they make fun of gearhead Mike and mm. I'm like in solidarity with him. I'm like, brother, I, I feel you, man. I'm fucking poking out of everything I wear. Even if I have an undershirt on my nips are just blasting out of whatever I got on except for sweater season, which is why I'm glad it's getting colder out so I can hide. Like, well, you, you seem to wear all the time. These sporty golf type tops that do seem to, accentuate your nipple um, i have a metal bar through one of my nipples so it's a little bit different that that can get fucking rock hard sometimes like nice rock hard um <laughs> anyway let's get into the um the the rankings of the the third chair so mike's the the clear second chair and then we're looking at a third chair now well let's start by reading out kirk's top six he gave yeah. oh it's it's, he, it's a terrible list yeah, he gives Whitney one, Carabas two, 
Rico three, Polar four, Riggs five, Snell six. And I would say I disagree with just about the everything in that list. The order, most of the people aren't in my top five. So how should yeah. we do this? Should we go like each give our fifth and count back to one? I think we should do it that way. Fifth back to one. Oh, okay. I don't know if I have mine ranked in any particular order. I had a hard time with. Oh my God. What's the point of doing this? So my thought exercise was I pretended that I had to come up with. Literally sent me a message to rank them. And now that I had to come up with the five people that if you said there's only five people that can ever appear in that chair again, who would you pick Mayo? And I, so, so we, we're not so you're changing Mike, the rules. Right? So you're changing the rules. No, I'm changing. No, no, no. You can, I, I think spent I had like hours putting them in order this morning and now oh, I didn't bother. Shit. All right. Well, I'll start so then. Should is, I start? Is Mike, is Mike a candidate? No, you said that. You said to me, not counting Mike. We can't he's count the Mike. Sec- he's the, he's the second chair forever. And these are all the people that either sub him for him. Okay. Okay. All right. You go. Oh my gosh. You go. Give me, give me three, two, things, five, four, those, one. Are those things on your face giving you brain damage or something? Um, so where do you want me to start? Fifth to one? Should I just we do told it that you. One? Give what? me three, four, five, two, one. Okay. So my third, my third, no, I'm going to fuck you. I'm going to start with fifth. I'm going to count down. All right. I'm going to start at number six, number six. Okay. I'm going to go back on last is Steve Snell. He's at the bottom of the list, right? Second last is Riggs, just fucking god-awful. Wait, you're redoing Kirk's list? I'm doing my list. But you don't like those guys. Why would they be on your list? Last. Sorry, they're last. They're not top six. They're last. They're bottom of the barrel. Okay, okay. bottom of the barrel. I would take Snell over Riggs. Okay. Snell has potential. All right, so Snell last. Rig second last drip. Third last, I'm going Glass Spiegel. I liked I think Glass Spiegel should be in the rotation as a maybe not the third chair, but as like a correspondent. Nope. He has I no like, interest in the show. He doesn't want to listen. If he wanted to it. dive in, what? Well, yeah, that's why that's why I'm saying I he's he's he'd be a good correspondent to bring in on topical stuff because he's he's plugged into the media world, which is an area of interest for Kirk. And I enjoy when Kirk interacts with people who are plugged in. And, and there's nobody, I mean, polar kind of, but Glass Beagle's got the journalistic angle to it. There's nobody else in the mix who's got that side to them that Glass Beagle has. So I, I like hearing him and Kirk talk about that stuff. So I wouldn't mind hearing that once in a while, but maybe I don't need him for you know the full episode. Mm, okay, so third last, Glass Spiegel. Then fourth last for me, Jerry Callahan. Um, and then there's a, quite a few that are also swimming around in the middle. Uh, then number six, I've got John Stewart. I liked mm-hmm. him in, in mm-hmm. studio. Mm-hmm. Fifth, I've got Tom Shattuck. Mm. Fourth, my guy, Mike Montante. Mm-hmm. Third, Greg Polar. Mm. He has excellent comedic timing, and I'm sure with a proper producer and some coaching, we can get him to uh, project his voice into a microphone. Ooh, uh, you're so two. Sure you're two and one. Have me intrigued. Is Clemmer okay. in it? So number two, Ryan Whitney. Oh, manners really. And and my number one third chair is Chris Clemmer. Wow. I'm sorry, but. 
He wow. was outstanding for a year. He was reliable. He turned up. He knew what was going on in the Minifan world. He could talk with Kirk. It wasn't until the end that it went bad, but just by the sheer weight of shows he's done in that second chair and the performance he did, he's my number one ranking after Mike. Okay. All right. I'm su- the Whitney at number two is very surprising. I don't really care for Whitney on the show, and I thought you and I would be in lockstep on that. What don't you like about him? Um, I think his familiarity with the show is overstated. I think he crams for the test before he comes in. So people will say he's a minifan. I don't think so. I think he's, uh, I think he enjoys what he experiences from the show, but I don't think he's a diehard listening to every second of every show. And you can tell, you can tell there's things he doesn't know. There's questions he asks that reveal to me. So, but, but then everybody kind of plays it up. Like he's like, he's not that, that he's something else. So I don't like that about him. And then. um, Can I just counter that? The counter that the one thing I do like about Whitney though, is I agree with that. I don't think he listens to every show, but I, I do think he would stick on KMS once or twice a week and listen to an hour here or there and, and keep track. But, I think he's more about himself and his own show. But I do like the fact that he comes in with stuff. Like he's got something, whether it's he's pissed off with Cullinane or he's listened to something that he's got a thought on. Like he, Unlike Riggs, who just sort of sat there like a dead fish, like Whitney comes prepared to deliver. Yeah, I would take Whitney brings energy. I do feel like sometimes it turns into him kind of interviewing Kirk. It's just him asking Kirk a lot of questions, but it's stuff that we already know. So I don't know. And I'm not saying I hate Whitney on it. I just don't. I don't love him as much as the, the consensus seems to be. People really love Whitney. Obviously Kirk does too, but I'm just, I'm just not with him on that. Um, everyone else on your list. Uh, there's a lot of overlap on our list. I'll say that matters. Well, give me I, a list that you didn't all right, do. All right. I would say number, number five, Shattuck. Right. I liked Shattuck. I think right. they should get Shattuck in the mix. My theory on why Shattuck doesn't want his wife coming on is that I think his wife from something he said when he was on indicated to me, his wife is about a million miles to the right of Steve Robinson and Jerry Callahan. And Shattuck knows that if she goes on the show, that that, that Pandora's box is going to be opened and Kirk is going to get all of that out there. And I think he knows there's certain, like when he said, I think didn't he said like some of the views that he expressed on her behalf as, as being her views, uh, I think Kirk would have some issues with, and they probably would get into it. So I think, I think, I think it's like a protective thing. Shattuck not wanting his wife going on the show, which, which makes me want her on the show all the more. Cause I think she'd be good too, but uh, Shattuck's on there. And then I had fuck Shattuck. I, and would, then, I would probably, I would what his wife. Yeah. Oh yeah. His, yeah. I mean, good for Tom Shattuck. Wow. What is the story there? Did you see the picture of, of him on splash mountain? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, he's, he's a fucking, <laughs> it's like, he's a, he's uh, just a mess. He's a fucking like, mess of a man. Let's take our down syndrome relative out with us for the day. All right. Continue. Um, that's so inappropriate. Got, uh, and I don't so endorse that comment. So um, Shattuck, Shattuck fifth on both lists. Great. Yeah. I would so say Shattuck fifth. So then I really had trouble putting them in any order. So, I would say so the, the whole point of the exercise is to put them in order and you're just like copying out. 
This All right, next, idea. next, I have minifans. Not a particular minifan. Oh my god! I want more minifans in the rotation. I want you on. I want. I, I just want them to try out more minifans once in a while. Just once in a while. It worked with Jay Stu. I love John Stewart on it. I liked Montante, Tim from Canton, and Steve from Providence. It pained me at the time to admit it. They were very good when they went on. Can I jump in? There should be a rotation so, for minifans. See, this is what annoys me. So I I was going to put Steve and Tim on my list. Well, why the didn't top, you? But I was like, because it's two of them. You, you can't pick two people for so one So that's chair. why it's uh, the, the category, the, the mm-hmm. role, the, the, the it's minifans under which there's many different people that could fill okay. that role. Okay. So just to clarify, then I would probably have Steve and Tim level with John Stewart at six, maybe even sneaking into the top five. But anyway, okay. continue. Yeah. So, so you, then, these fucking then, rules that you brought to the table, just Minifans is number four. Sorry, and, listeners. And then Red uh, was unavailable then, again. <laughs> and then I guess I would put Polar too. I was told, I Polar really, three. really like Polar. So, Polar three, like me. Oh, so, so I guess Shattuck I only fifth, did four. Shattuck fifth, Minifans, <laughs> four. fourth, yeah, Polar, yeah. three, then who's and then your one? Clemmer, number one. Wow, we both had Clemmer, number one. I, you know, I, yes, yes. Clemmer, we are both Clemmer the same. Clemmer was good. We're Clemmer very was good on the show. Ends. He was good on the show, man. He, he was good on the show. That doesn't, I mean, we'll get to Clemmer. Like that, that only buys you so much, you know, he's, he's kind of dead to me now, but I enjoyed him on the show. Now, just while we're staying on um, ratings, I don't know if you heard Kirky Walnuts is um, using Mike to try and get onto the main show. Just a warning to everyone out there. I spent a night with Kirky Walnuts in the lead up to the Wilbur. Uh, no, 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 no. Very, very nice guy. Terrific guy. Great guy, but definitely not a fit for the main show. Well, okay. Now they're going to have, they're probably, that's going to just entice them to have them on. Okay. Well, fine. Then we'll all have another shitty show. Um, and just uh, while we're throwing out ratings, Carl rated Harrison a B plus since his return to the show. So yep. I think that's actually perfect. I think your, your best level is around a B plus a minus always in KMS. Cause you don't want to be too good. Cause then they're going to shoot you down. Like if you get too good, Kirk will just fucking chop you off at the knees. If you get too bad, you're in the sights the whole time. You're the target. You just hover around that B plus a minus, which Carl does perfectly. Like he's not an A plus producer. He's like a B plus a minus guy. And it just seems to work really well. Yeah. And Harrison, uh, um, was obviously obviously had a skill set no one else in their universe has no one else in their circle has so i think it was a wise move to bring him back and it's a wise move on his part to say no i need to just be completely separate like i i often think when they were first talking about replacing justin kirk had a one moment where he said to dave something along the lines of like let's hire for talent this time Like, like let's actually just hire someone with the fucking skills we need then he got one whiff of Snell and offered him the job. Like Kirk just cannot help himself. If he sees a fucking weirdo, he's going to offer him a job. And I get that it's worth, it's worth it for the on air stuff, but they need some Harrisons in the mix who just have the skills that they need and are in the background doing the things that they need done. And they keep them separate from content. Cause that, as we saw with Harrison, like it's a slippery slope. It's, it's, not not a lot of people can hang with Kirk in the content world. It's almost always going to go poorly. So they need. I think they need some technical people if they want to grow the show. Which it, it, it 
Kirk seems to have a rekindled passion and enthusiasm for the show. And I, it, I've wondered lately how, if he is thinking to himself, like, uh, let's, let's see if we can grow it some, I don't know, but if they do want to, they, they, they need some more Harrison's. I think it's wise to keep Harrison just, you know, in the background. The energy and love that Kirk received at the Wilbur has certainly fueled his passion Ooh. for the show. And yes. the, the the attention from Barstool, I think, is starting to give him a bit more renewed motivation because I don't know if you've noticed, but Viva La Barstool and Barstool's main account, Kirk's being featured more and more. There's less of the fear factor. And so I think that is giving Kirk a little bit of a boost. Yeah, it's, you know, it only took him, what, three years to be like, hey, this Kirk Minahan guy is kind of compelling. It's fucking well, maybe wrong. in three years, Clemmer will have done something interesting at Barstool. <laughs> Poor Clemmer. Poor Clemmer. Oh my God. I feel I honest, I feel bad for Clemmer. I feel genuinely. Yeah. Have you ever taken a job and oh, very soon into it got that sinking feeling in your tum tum of like, oh fuck, this was a mistake. I kind of wonder if that's mistake. how Clemmer's feeling. Absolutely not. I think he's landed on his feet. He's in the, the biggest content internet production machine in America. He's doing well. Dave Portnoy gave him a free pass in the Dave Portnoy show. Said it's too early for me to judge him. Is he doing well? I think. I What's think the criteria for doing well? It, it would be clicks, right? No, but it would be. Well, I mean, in their in their world, like literally, I'm not being facetious. The the, the yes, criteria clicks. for whether someone's doing well would Absolutely. be clicks. You get it. So, seems to be if you you get in the top twenty bloggers a week, that's the thing you got to do. You know, I will say this. Um, because we were, I knew we were going to talk about Clemmer, and I realized, you know what? Since he went to Barca, like I've, I've largely ignored him. I'm not consuming his content. So I did go and look at his list of blogs, and there were some that I was like, oh, I'll, you know, top five movie villains of all time. Like that's right, that's right in my wheelhouse. I'll check that out. And there was like 80 comments on it. I don't know how that compares relative to, you know, if if the number of comments are a gauge of how many clicks you got. I don't know if 80 is a lot or a little, but. I, it, I did realize like in the KMS bubble, it might be easy to be like, what's Clemmer doing? And then I realized, you know what though? I, I literally don't know what the fuck he's doing there. Maybe he's doing stuff I'm not aware of. So I tried to check it out a little bit, but, but I will say the glimpses I've gotten of him through KMS uh, to me uh, show a guy who just doesn't know what to do. I think Clemmer is neutered and kind of dead in the water until he posts a blog, the headline of which will be fuck Kirk Minahan until he does that. I think he's dead in the water. Clemmer his, as they always say on KMS, you try to please everybody end up pleasing nobody. He, 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 I'm not, I don't want him to, but if I was, if I was trying to advocate for him and give him guidance, I would say you have to turn on Kirk one. It would be fun. It would be a lot of fucking fun. Two, it would free him from you know. Right now, he's just he's just being like a like a pussy about stuff. And I, I'm I'm a pussy, but I don't work at Barstool Sports. In his role, you cannot be the nice guy that he's trying to be. Like that blog he wrote about Rico, I clicked on it. I was like, here we go. Is this finally it? Is Clemmer gonna start? And then it was like, I want to be nice to him, but he's not nice to me. And it was like, oh, Chris, come on, like come out fucking mm. swinging, man. So I don't know. I, the nice guy act, I just don't think is gonna fly. And Barstool. The fucking tea leaves to me with Barstool are resources are about to become more scarce than ever there. They got rid of all those producers. They pulled producers from people. When Kirk, when Kirk keeps saying, why is this person here? Why is this person here? You know who else I think is saying that? The people he talks to at Barstool who are Big Cat and KFC. 
I get the sense there's a there's a there's a growing sentiment at Barstool from some of the top talents that there's a lot of fucking fat that needs to get trimmed. And they're mm. they got bought out. So I think that's all coming down the pike. So if you're Clemmer and you're the new guy, you're the fucking you're right on the chopping block. You need to start making an impression. It's bad for Portnoy to say I'm neutral at this point. That's bad. It's maybe not as bad as Portnoy saying this was a flat out mistake, but to have made no impression on Portnoy at this point says a lot. It says a lot. That's not necessarily a, a neutral verdict from Portnoy. That's that's pretty negative to me. I, I think he's got a bit more time. Um, what, what I did think was a bit silly from Chris, and I agree with you that he should just go full heel on Kirk. Yes, full heel, yes. Like, don't go attacking Rico. Like, in that stream when they're watching the Mets, you know, Chris made some fucking offhand remark to um, Rico. Like, Chris should have told Kirk to fuck off during the dozen. Like, just yes. fucking start something. Like, say to him, go fuck yourself, tell Rico to fuck off, don't back down, drop this hole, I'm still a Minifan, or Kirk gave me this opportunity. That's all great. He's also done nothing but shit on you since you went to Barstool, so you've got every right. And honestly, I think deep down, Kirk wants that. I think Kirk yeah. knows Chris's value to him is as an enemy in the main office, and yet Kirk, Chris will not get it. Play along. Just fucking go into it. I mean, he got you the job there. He obviously really deep down doesn't hate you. So just yeah. fucking turn it on and don't be a pussy. Don't turn it on, attack other people like Rico. Just go at Kirk. Have some and have some have some fun with it. The clips I've seen, he's he's not having fun with it. Alex Bennett showed more balls in trivia than Chris did. And mm. and, and you know, there was the moment where where Kirk Kirk uh fucking slapped the high noon off the off the podium and Clemmer kind of like jumped forward and pointed, was like, that's the second second guy in their team to and then he almost like swallowed his own words and like caught himself and it was just a weird it was just the it 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 was a man who just doesn't know what the fuck to do with himself but who is pissed off and wants to express it and that's why you get moments like that and you get moments like him sniping at rico where it's just kind of awkward because it's just he's letting it boil up and and then it's coming out in the wrong way he, he needs mm -hmm. to just be more proactive about it and if he's pissed off then start fucking acting like it all the time, not in those moments. And then don't pull your punches when you write a blog like that. And yeah, also, I, it's I weird he grew a goatee. Is it just me or is that is that weird? Like if uh if I had a like he does that mean he thinks he looks better with a goatee? It's like all of a sudden more people are laying eyes on him than at any point in his life, and all of a sudden he's working in a visual medium and he he changes his face in a very serious way. I thought that was odd. I, I wanted to get kind of in his head and be like, why the why do you have the goatee? And the goatee usually is a sign of a of a villain, of a villain turn, a heel turn. So I, mean, I was thinking, oh, he's getting fucking ready. He's tough, he's toughening up. It's fucking badass Chris with the goatee. <laughs> but not at only, all. Only would I expect this from you, like the psychological analysis of why Chris oh, has grown a goatee. And I find about it fascinating. It. Fascinating. Thank you. Fascinating. Yeah. No, and if you agree you with know, Mayo, conversations with his wife about it, like thought, thought there's a there there ha, there's a thought process behind your facial hair and why you make the choices you make with it. I want to know why Chris Clemmer grew a fucking goatee when he started at Barstool. <laughs> it's a huge issue. Uh, he's I, old. What, what, he's weird looking. Why would he grow a goatee? He probably he's had one before. Weirdo. He probably when he worked in New York, he probably had a goatee before. He probably shaved it off again. I don't know. The other thing was though, I thought in the dozen, Chris looked 
petrified. He looked intimidated. You know, Kirk just freaks him out. Like I think there's there's still that thing of like, you know, when you're a Minna fan and Kirk's like this such a force, you know, Kirk, it doesn't seem like Chris can escape that and just like go, all right, he's just another guy being an asshole to me. Yeah, and that's that's really at the end of the day, that's kind of why I feel bad for Chris, because it's easy for, for me to be like, hey, you got to go up against Kirk. But then but again, again, I don't work at Barstool. Like if you're if you're in that role, you got to do that stuff. I think Kirk fucking at the Wilbur second show up in the balcony. I was in the front row. So at one point he went down that row. So he fucking had to like brush, you know, cock to mm-hmm. cock past me. Um, my ball still have not dropped like I, I, it was fucking terrifying i i just had that moment of like oh my god like don't notice it's me don't fucking say anything to me like i was just i was so relieved when he just fucking moved past me so well there was a, i get there was it little, i get it for clemmer i get it for clemmer. There was a little, he's can like I a just, genuinely nice guy but if he's but, a genuinely nice guy who can't go back at kirk then he's he's in the wrong business then he's in the you know that's not you he know when kirk, has to. okay 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 you know when kirk brushed past you oh, like hold on manners hold on um, i kicked my his balls kicked my headphone jack out i can't hear you Good. I can just Thank see goodness. you. Hold on. Uh, Hold on. Mayo's been Hold fantastic, on. hasn't he, listeners? Here All is. right. Anyway, I can hear so, you again. You know that bit you were talking about where Kirk brushed past you? Imagine Kirk's horror. Talk to talk, in yeah. that In that little zone, there was Mayo, then a few seats up was Kevin from Bristol sitting in Allison's lap, and then, you know, a little bit across from that was me and a few other Minna fans that Kirk I had loved. Ziggy so, with me. Yes. Yeah, so can you imagine, like, you know, Kirk sort of thinking, oh, fuck, all right, Mayo, Kevin, Menas, all here. That's probably why he thought about jumping off the balcony. <laughs> probably. Actually, I don't know. Well, I, I think the move would have been to, like, offer me the hug that I really want from him yes. and then take us both over the balcony, like fucking Moriarty and Sherlock yeah. Holmes. <laughs> you yeah. both just start crying in each other's arms. <laughs> dad, dad. Um <laughs> What did you think of Rico and Kirk on the Dave Portnoy show? Um, my thinking on Rico has really uh, changed the last week. I kind of wasn't, I wasn't really digging Rico, and and when it was just him and Kirk in New York, I I didn't necessarily leave that episode feeling like, oh, we need more Rico. But again, it's different if he was on with Mike and Dave and the whole crew. But um, but in the in the dozen when he fucking called his dad that was great his call into the show about uh, the Mets not scoring and that being that was fucking tremendous but then him him on the Dave Portnoy show uh Rico's one of those there's people in the world who are like I'm so crazy I'm just crazy you never you know and then there's people that are fucking crazy and I think Rico's crazy like and and I probably Barstool fans would say, well, yeah, of course we all know that, but I only know him through KMS. But that was fucking shocking. I mean, even like it was funny. Portnoy's reaction to Kirk's reaction to Rico's reaction was funny because Kirk was kind of <laughs> it's it's rare for Kirk to be sort of like, oh, holy shit, what just happened? So yeah, Rico's a fucking madman, and I'm I'm in for more with Rico. I'm 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 down for that. Did you see the clip late that just came out there where he apparently didn't quite understand that getting a job with Kirk would mean still working for Barstool? Did you see that? Yes, clip? I did hear that. I was listening to Barstool pick him. What the <laughs> fuck, Rico? He was like, oh, doesn't Kirk pay pay for everybody? <laughs> yes. Uh, He's like out of Kirk, pocket. It's like, Kirk, well, yeah, but Kirk's it's gonna still... pay 
Rico a hundred grand out of his own pocket to come to Boston once a week. I mean, it was just like insane. He, yeah, it's like he applied for a job on Token CEO. Like, like that's, I, I that's loved, his fucking escape ship. Yeah, it was incredible. I loved um, Kirk and Portnoy together. There was like, yeah, it was just like they were talking. I just thought you know, those two, as I said, I think last week, Dave Portnoy, Kirk and Big Cat would do the best podcast on the planet. There was even a bit where like um, – you know, Kirk was talking about Clemmer and Portnoy just goes, that's how I would describe Rico as well. And it was just yeah. like, you know, it's very often Kirk gets checkmate in anything. But, you know, Portnoy, who's so used to doing this, yeah, it, it was fantastic. And, you know, that them sort of laughing at Rico together was like, so they're two sort of, I don't know, senior, mature people, uh, like, you know, titans of their industry sort of um, trying to manage this wild man who was, you know, fucking going off. It was, it was great drama. Um, I, I sort of get where Rico's coming from. If you know the history, you know, last time his whole contract was, you know, a running theme in the show. And I think from Rico's point of view, and I think it's fair enough, not everybody at Barstool does have that. Like not everybody at Barstool you hear about their contract negotiations. And I think Rico feels that he doesn't want it to be content. Yes, yes. And it, it also uh it's 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 to Rico's advantage that it not be content and it but it also would be to Dave's advantage because Dave even said to Kirk he was like, "Well, if I if I give Rico an 8%, he's like for everybody else then the starting point is 8%." So even Dave a few times was saying like this it doesn't doesn't behoove me to be doing exactly. this out in the open yeah yeah it is yeah i can i can see it from from both sides on that for sure but yeah i'm all for i'm all for rico um i yeah, just don't I say, know if he'd I'd be like great on the show i just don't know how good he'd be on the show like can he no. do what mike does and just sit there and bet play off no Kirk? I, I don't know what he brings but again I, but once a week, i like the, i like the madness maybe. absolutely the zoom in half an hour what's happening with rico who do you hate this week why not but i don't um, you know, i don't like uh i don't like the idea of someone like rico coming in and that that being the i don't want any permanency other than you like, like the rotation yeah you i like, like the, the rotation. couch i like the rotation and yep. it's worth it even that it's not it's not they're not all going to be home runs but the experiment makes it worth it because i like hearing kirk with different people and i still cool. maintain i would love to hear kirk with fred toucher you're a okay. fucking idiot if you don't want that. You're a fucking great, idiot. Great reception. Great, great comment. Um, just a couple more things before we get into listener questions, Minifan World stuff, and what have we been watching? Probably only another hour to go of the show. Um, Dave Portland made a very good point. He said he, he was making fun of Kirk's background in video that it's you know very depressing. It's just the gray background. It's like the Death Star. In Did you Star hear my Bourdain joke earlier? No, what was that? It's uh, the background's more depressing than the last few pages of Anthony Bourdain's journal. <laughs> I'm proud of that. <laughs> it's good go it. Yeah, it's a great joke. <laughs> I just did a Dino laugh. Um, I've been into the studio and I'm so grateful that they brought me in. Cullinane's a wonderful guy. But I, I am a bit surprised that considering Cullinan gets in there at 5 a.m. every morning, he's never made any effort to doll up the studio, like make it more aesthetically pleasing, clean it up, make it nicer for video. Like I just 
he's just lazy with that stuff. Like just fucking lazy. Like it's a studio that is dedicated to one show. There's no excuse not to go. How can we make this fantastic for the show? Like there's lots of studios where you record and you go out and someone else comes in and record. So you actually can't like do too much. So, but that's not it. It's Kirk's playground. Why not make his studio more comfortable? Get a proper mic stand. I'm telling you, Mayo, I've been in the studio. You've got this seat. (laughs) That you can't sit back and have the mic. You can't sit back and have the mic in your mouth. Oh. You have to sort of sit forward and lean. It's got this sort of just very generic boom mic that. Yeah, that's annoying. And, and I'm like, okay, so Carl, you've been there a year. Like, when are you going to start to do stuff in the studio? Like, make you know, it better. Like, get a telescopic yeah. boom mic so the, the the guests can relax. Doesn't have to lean forward. Got a good mic in their mouth. I give Greg Polar a hundred percent pass. You know, like if you look at me when I was in studio, I had to sit on the edge of the seat because I'm so short. My, I could barely reach the microphone. Yeah, with your feet just kicking in the air. Yeah, like a little fucking hobbit. <laughs> You're not made of sturdiest stuff as a hobbit. Don't compare yourself no. to hobbits. Now, um, I, I, you I, know, I, the, the low-hanging fruit for Dave, the the big swinging dick low-hanging fruit would have been to put the get the fucking mural done within a couple weeks of taking over from Steve. That would have been a move. That would have been a move. The mural that Steve was mm. supposed to do. Remember Steve and the mural? Um, yeah, I don't know about that. Just anything. I don't know if the mural would look good, but anything would be good. Anything. Yeah, um, it's ironic given that Dave Dave did at one point recently. He just backtracked on it this week, I think. But Dave did say to Kirk, this is a video first product about the show when he, mm. he was big on that for, for a stint there. So you're right. It's ironic given that he is a proponent of video and more video it's ironic that he hasn't spruced up the background at all. Maybe, but who knows? Maybe Kirk has expressly told him, told him not to. I don't know. Yeah, bullshit. Bull. Yeah, Dave, get a ficus. Stop, get a ficus. Stop making back excuses. There. Um, making excuses for Dave. All right. So on Thursday, uh, Wednesday show, Kirk brought up that someone messaged him. I think you know, Kirk, check yourself in or something. And Kirk said he's having a tough year and he, he didn't like that message. He doesn't mind it when maybe it comes as a joke from a Minifan or a fan. Even some of the haters in the Minifan world, he said he can take it. But when it just comes from maybe a, a random Barstool fan that says, check yourself in, he, he doesn't like that. And I think he found out this guy's real name and where he works and contacted him and said he didn't like it because um, – you know, Kirk didn't do anything. He didn't get him fired or anything. But I have I have an interesting reaction to this story because I have a lot of sympathy for Kirk and his mental health struggles. I get it. Like if you're having a tough year and, you know, you go and read a message from a, a complete loser that says check yourself in, that's not nice. But I also think it's wildly hypocritical for Kirk to, to take that stance when on – on air, he will often say things like, I hope your kids die, hope you die, hope you get cancer, all this stuff. If he's going to take that personality on air, which I love, you can't expect the the dummies that listen to sort of decipher through it and go, oh, that's a bit, that's funny, ha-ha. Like he's got to accept if that's his on-air personality, he's going to get messages that say, jump in front of a train, check yourself in, and they're going to be from assholes. But also, Kirk, you know, can be an asshole to people on, on air for content. I'm not criticising, but I'm just, that's the reality. So I thought it was a, a wildly hypocritical thing for Kirk to get upset about. I thought it was weird that he brought it on air. I thought maybe that's something he should have just kept to himself. Like, okay, clearly that he said he's had a wildly tough year. Maybe this just was a bit of a trigger. But 
Yeah, I just it seems like a double standard. Yeah, I mean, first, first and foremost, love you, love you, Kirk. Sorry to hear you having a tough year. Um, uh, show's been great though. Show's been awesome. Um, I was I was surprised to hear him say that just because on air there's hasn't been you know in the past sometimes you could tell shits whatever the fuck but whatever um yeah it, that's a tough one i mean i was very sensitive about that stuff but uh i see his point where like it's different if because on the show like you, uh, the, the a big part of the secret sauce for kirk and kms is is making jokes about the stuff you're not supposed to joke about and that's your mental health and your kids dying that's the stuff that we love and that's a hard it's a hard thing to explain to people who don't have that sense of humor um so i I do see his point though of saying like that's different than just dming me a straight you know fucking humorless kill yourself type of message um yeah and that guy's an asshole i'm not not he's an asshole so in in kirk's defense i would imagine if you think of it this way Maybe he's say he's gotten nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine of those messages, and this was the one that he was like, you know what, fuck this. Like, maybe he always typically does do what you just prescribed, and and kind of ignores it. And maybe this was the one out of ten thousand that he that he he couldn't do that and and had a more emotional reaction to it. I don't know. And maybe he brought maybe he brought it on air to kind of just say, guys, like, if you're gonna you do that, my, you, you, you run the risk. You run though. the risk. Well, I don't think that's very fair because I think, like, you see my point, though. Like, he will next week be on air and tell someone to get cancer. And even though he's joking and it's part of the show, he can't expect, as I said, a, a random fucking Barstool fan to not think, oh, Kirk's an asshole and this is the way he is and I have no problem telling him to kill himself. Like, you just can't have it both ways. I guess not, but what's he? So what's he's just just ignore it? Is that what you're saying? He Absolutely, just, just ignore it. If someone says check yourself in, just block them. That's it. Move on. Just another troll. Like why engage? Certainly don't start going. Oh, I know where you work. I mean, come on. That's that's like him Murchison, but him doing what Murchison does to people. See, I don't know. My thinking on that has changed a little bit because I used to I used to not like when people would bring up where I worked. But then it did. I, I don't know. There's something to what people would say where they're like, look, if if you're saying stuff online that you you at the end yeah, of the but, day but don't yes, want your name or your job yes, to yes, find out I about, agree with that. then maybe agree with that. maybe you need to take personal responsibility and stop doing that stuff. As fun as it might I be get to do that, it. But, but that's what I said. Kirk brings this on himself by his acerbic wit and personality and he can attack people like okay I, I can't think of it but say some random harmless character at Barstool some girl I don't know one of the chicks in the office who just talks about pop culture all day someone starts sending their messages to kill yourself that's fucking bad like out of nowhere you know that's bad but I think Kirk's got to accept he's he's put himself in a different category you can't be that guy in there and then get all uh, don't send me messages like that like people yeah, need to take responsibility yeah. for their own behavior. I'm not excused. Like I would not send someone messages saying, go kid yourself. Let me be clear with that. But I just think Kirk has to accept he brings this on himself. Like you can't say, I, I hope your parents die to see, you know, how often has he said that? He, 20 times? Thought, when everyone times? would say that Mike went to blind school, I used to want to, I used to want to make a joke about how Kirk goes to don't kill yourself camp. <laughs> See, that's okay, right? I can make that yes. joke because I'm in on it. Yeah. I'm in on it. I'm a loyal listener. Right. Now, I made my point. Let's move on. Um, just the last bit of show news. You and I 
some of the biggest critics of Steve Robinson. He had a lot of issues, but some more news was revealed to this week that does show that behind the scenes, Robinson did a bit more than maybe we thought at stages. Like, so the Getro man was a Robinson plant. Did you get that from the show that uh, the character Getro man was one of Robinson's radio friends? Oh, maybe so. But does that mean Steve came up with the concept that encouraged that friend to do it? Or was Steve merely the conduit for that friend to connect to KMS? And then that friend took the initiative to create that character. Cause those are two all very I'm saying different is, things. All I'm saying is how many good bits have been on the show since Dave took over. I mean, what was that fucking wrestling guy? He kept getting, wanting to call up. Uh, I'm just saying that oh, yeah. Steve's a smart Real guy. Steve, Steve, that's it. Steve's a smart guy. And yeah, no one's um, ever accused him of being stupid. And, you know, the Getro Man caller was obviously on the back of Steve's, whether it's conduit or idea. Um, no, but if – no, 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 no. If, if Steve started working for KMS and a friend of his, because of that, started listening to it, and then the friend with nothing to do with Steve came up with that concept, I don't give Steve any credit for that. But if right, you're well, telling me Steve went to them and was like, hey, you know what would be funny is if you started calling in as Getro Man, then, yeah, he deserves credit for that. But I would need to know, right. I would need to know if that's the case. All right, mark the tape. Maya wants more facts. If someone could just get to the bottom of this, and I uh, just send us want the truth next. about Getro Man. Good, good. All right, now let's get into the Minifan uh, world topics. Then we've got listener questions. Then oh, I got one more. Watching? I got more. I got one more KMS Sorry. take. Go for it. My my apologies, kind sir. Show's never been better. All right, move on. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Red. Um, all right. So this week, congratulations to Mike Montante. He reached his hundredth episode of Montante's World, the KKK podcast. Um, Him and his dead shark eyes. <laughs> he was. He had um, Dave from Hull and Vision, Visionless Dave. Um, oh, really? Was How supposed- was VD? Well, interestingly enough, VD has given up KMS. He's got a new job where we can't listen to a lot of podcasts and he, he hasn't listened to the show for months, Ooh. months is he, months. Is he, what kind of animal is he training to maul children now? Has he moved on from uh, I'm not sure. I, I, think it's or, all, I think it's all fucking, pit bulls. Uh, hyenas or feral cats. Yep. That'd be interesting. Um, so, yeah, so VD's out on the show. He's out on KMS. Did he say um, why? He made I think he excuse, owes that. I think he owes He that. made an excuse that his listening time is shrunk in half. Oh, yeah, and he has yeah, to be yeah. ruthless. And <gasps> KMS didn't make the cut. That's all I'm saying. That that kid. That reminded me of a topic I wanted to just mention. The YouTube ads up. that people are bitching about. Oh, yeah. If you are upset about a free episode that has YouTube ads because you couldn't watch it live, then you have to do what me and Menners did. Quit your fucking job put your family's financial security at risk, work for yourself so that you have the freedom to listen live when they go on YouTube. If you're not willing to do that, then shut the fuck up. Yeah. But buy the premium subscription on YouTube for 20 bucks a month. Or what I said, quit your job, quit your job with nothing lined up, come up with some cockamamie thing that you think you can do on your own that people would pay you for. And then just fucking jerk her off on Twitter all day and watch YouTube live. Yep. Live the Minifan dream. Yeah. Um, I I do think there could be an audio feed for like wrap up shows and extra KMS stuff. 
because I've noticed since starting in a fandom, like this audience loves audio content. They, they love it. That's why the numbers are so good. Um, yeah, just staying on this, this nip. Mm, great. Um, I only get that pleasure. Um, yeah, Montante's 100th show, he was supposed to have Kirk on, but I think Kirk wanted to record in studio after Mike's appearance in studio next week is due in on Tuesday. But Mike likes to rec- – basically Mike likes to get drunk while recording his show. Um, so he likes to record on Zoom. He's got, you know, a flag and a whiskey <laughs> next to him, um, you know, a couple of beers. No, it's true. He said this. Montante said this on his oh, show. Oh, that's what they – yeah, they said that on the show. So I I, I kind of like only half I, – I didn't quite understand that. So the thing was Montante doesn't want to record at the KMS studio because he can't drink in it? Yes. <laughs> he wants to be. I mean – He wants to be. Jesus. You got to kind of you gotta kind of respect him. Like that's <laughs> – that's <laughs> – that's yeah, and he like, lives lives far away, so he couldn't say, "Oh, I'll catch an Uber in and have a few drinks." So he's, you know, I think they, the plan was to do maybe the this main one time. I won't get drunk while doing it, so that I can have yeah, my maybe this one time podcasting can... hero on the show. Exactly, exactly. Jesus um, Christ, Montante. Um, Dave uh, has quit another podcast. He was doing a show with an NFL guy. It was called Athletic and Gritty, and the NFL guy kind of checked out. So Dave uh, is a free agent again. He has Athletic a and Gritty. Yeah, it was going to be an NFL show in the guy. Ath- athletic uh, and Gritty. Hey, I did think you that's what it was athletic called. Athletic and Gritty today? What a terrible name. <laughs> anyway, that's done. Dave is a free agent. I'm going to get him on Minifandom soon. He's back listening to KMS. So that's good. Athletic and Gritty. Wow. Yep. And um, staying with Montante's world update, Mike Montante yeah, has had to put Danny from Bill Ricker on a timeout because of the constant messaging. Um, now, I, I'm actually one of the – I think I'm the se- only the second Minifan to have ever met Danny in person. We caught up in a Regina's in um, North Boston somewhere. I can't remember where. Um, but it was brilliant. He's a lovely guy, but he, he can get on fucking tears. Like at one point he was sending me photos of his kid, Max, and I was just like – this is an ugly kid. I don't care about this. Yeah, like, I, no. like stop sending me stuff like this. No, like, yeah. So it, I can it, I can see why Mike put him on a timeout. If you're going to send family photos, you know, take a page out of Madawaska Madawaska Rob's book and you know nudes of your wife or nothing, right? Yes. Be reasonable. Yes. Be reasonable. Be be yes. men. Wow. Still getting that image out. Trying to get that image out of my head. Um, I, I almost I was te- at JJ Foley's. I was tempted to be like, hey, I heard I heard I heard you're pretty free with the uh, the wife nudes. Yeah, but then I, I didn't. Gonna... I didn't know if it was going to be a, like it's like a like trading trading uh, snacks at lunch. <laughs> you know, you can have my string cheese if I can have your Dunkaroos kind of. Th- so I was like, I better not. I better not. Yes. Well, while I've got you on that, can you ask your wife? Since we met, she just she says keeps fucking. She keeps sending me nudes, and uh, it's like it's inappropriate. <laughs> hey. it's very <laughs> inappropriate. Sure you... <laughs> so just, just, I'm a long way away. I just think, you know, you and I need I to think, keep this professional. I no think that's wise. part of it, Menners. I think there's a, there's, a, there's a safety net in that it's like she can walk right up to that line, mm. but she can't cross it into full-out infidelity because you're in Australia. It's true. It's the Lauren Lee Yeah, she has been masturbating during Bluey a lot, so I think it's probably your the Australian accent's triggering something. It's something, that's for sure. Um, staying in the Minifan world, uh, the hurricane in Florida was obviously awful. 
and uh, you know, I'm really feeling for everybody that's um, lost homes and and loved loved ones and and suffering. But one positive was real Chuck Wagon was offline for two weeks. So, oh. um, you know, we we got a win in amongst the tragedy. He's in Florida. Yes. Oh, but he he's alive. He didn't die. I, yes, I'm, I'm. 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 My understanding is he's alive, but he's had no incident of power for two weeks, which is a okay. Yes, a win for the Minifans. Um, is it? It's has any Minifan died so far? It's been three years now, a little more than three years. Has any Minifan died? <laughs> Way to bring the show up, Andy. Have we got. I'm just. Steve, Steve <laughs> you think Snell there'd be a suicide at some point? You'd think there'd be okay. some. You know, I'm. 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 Be, I'm like half serious. I, it's. You would think. At the, I don't know. Or what about the, well, I'm the sure, guy? Who, I'm sure the a guy random Minifan. The guy who called in sure, with the oysters. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure random Minifan has died. But do you think, like, while the relatives are grieving, their first thought is, "I oh, wish you let the Minifans know." Like, uh, you know, Kirk's desk has died. I mean, actually, that they should let us know. If Kirk's desk. I think. Died. A, I think a Minifan would want every. I think they would want that. I think they would want that. You know, maybe, probably, like. Uh, Kirk has told several people who have called in with a pregnant wife. He said, "Hey, call us and give us an update." Nobody has yet, so maybe some of his predictions uh, as to how the 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 delivery would go have come true, and that's why they haven't called in with an update. Okay, I'm just going to walk right past this stuff because it's got too dark for me. Talking about fucking. Oh yeah, still yeah, it's dark. Okay, okay. Sensitive. <laughs> what were you doing? Sensitive matters. About kids and parents dying in child childbirth, and okay, so you reckon when you've got a newborn kid, is you right? Hey, honey, let's call Kirk and tell him you know she, he's breastfeeding now. I mean, fuck. All right, you know what? Well, the, the the second scariest moment in my life was when when my wife was in labor with our first kid, and the the kid the baby's heart rate like plummeted, and all of a sudden the room was full of like doctors and nurses, and it was like, holy shit, what the fuck's going on? Um, second to the cock to cock brush spy with Kirk at the Wilbur. Mm-hmm. That jumped to the yeah. top of the list. Okay. Thanks for that story. I, I went on a meeting of the mindless once this week. Oh, I was, really bored. What? I was, I was really bored at work. It was Fucking um, cry for help. Motante VD, John from Scranton, vodka, somebody else. I jumped on for 15 minutes. How's Johnny boy? He's fine. I love uh, Johnny. It was, it was good to um, jump on and catch up with those lunatics. Um, Are they still listening? Oh, BA was that? No, that's the thing. They were all just, they're all just desperate for like friends. Like that, that's what they do. They just talk to each other online every night, which is fine. Like we all deal with loneliness differently. Yeah, yeah but I mean, I like those guys, but that, it, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a generational thing because they're like 10 years younger than me, I think, but that's weird. That's, that's weird that they spend that much time just, online together like well, that, I, isn't it I, I, like john's, I think john's got a hot girlfriend like very hot super what hot. Are, i could i could understand like maybe cool. once a month doing that but Love they, they fucking yeah. they do it a lot i think they swing as well so um anyway um i think it's a bit like you know going back a generation when people would go to the pub to hang out at night you know where you just literally go and have a drink and you're all just there and chatting like it feels yeah. like to me that that's the equivalent of this generation. You know, no one goes to the pub anymore. You just jump on StreamYard and um, yeah, it could be. I've never had friends, so that could be why I don't understand it. Not surprising, or been to a big city. Um, so, also, did you hear John Dennis and um, Mikey Adams? I actually subscribed to that podcast just for releases like this, and it was interesting. Uh, the the clip they played on KMS. 
where it was apparent something to do with Mikey with yeah, Mikey blaming and, Kirk for the no 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 I, I'm talking about where it was like I I think the premise was like I'm gonna read five Asian names and you have to guess which is the real name <laughs> I didn't get and to it that was like I must it was have just it off by then unless I misheard it it, it was the oldest whitest thing i've ever fucking heard and it, they were just laughing and it was just so like oh my god guys time has passed you by like exactly, exactly fucking what go out like. to pasture man this is and kirk's description of mikey at eei like i i used to like mikey on eei but i don't fucking blame kirk if it's true mikey was going out and getting high like i like to get high i if in a professional capacity that is so inappropriate that for if they fired Mikey for that, they'd be justified and he probably would blame Kirk and the mutt stuff. But like, that's totally unacceptable. And Mikey, he was fucking phoning it in at the end, totally phoning mm. it in. And he was a total, total dick, total fucking uh, uppity with mutt. He was never good to mutt. So I'm, I'm kind of, that's a, that's a, that's a Kirk kill that I can get behind is fucking Mikey Adams. Yeah. I mean, you summed up that show, but it was for, again for the, the diehard, uh, OG Minna fans. It, half an hour hearing Dan, John Dennis and Mikey was fine. Next bit do, of um, do you do you, do you do you think we'll get John Dennis on KMS Cullinane? If you're listening, Kirk said he would be up for that. There's not many people from the past that he says he would like to have on. I would love anybody from the EEI days, but especially John. Like I'd be, again, I love the inside baseball stuff with them. Like I, I want to be a perfect. Hear the, I want to hear it again. Perfect Zoom. I don't think. Dennis would be great for a whole show because you think John Dennis like, can handle Zoom? Of course he can. Course no, John can. Dennis just figured out like a cordless telephone and a fucking you know right. a tape machine for for voicemail. <laughs> All right, um, next bit of Minifan World News: uh, the "Why Are You Laughing?" episode on Fred Willard was very good. Um, I do think the show could be a bit more thoroughly researched. And there could be a little bit more information weaved into the storytelling. Like, obviously, Craig's not going to do that. Mike can't, you know, it's blind. So I think a researcher or somebody who could just give them more sort of meat in the sandwich um, would improve the show. But, again, another very good episode. They're trying to do something online at the moment where I think Mike's flying somewhere and they're trying to make out that Bob Newhart's dead because whenever Mike flies somewhere, someone from Why Are You Laughing dies. So I think they're trying to make Mike believe that Bob Newhart is dead. So when he lands in Vegas, he goes, R.I.P. Bob Newhart or something. And um, anyway, quite funny. I hope they pull it off. Right. You know, I'm blind Mike's subscriber. So am I. Dollar a month. Don't listen. Don't listen. You don't listen to any of his shit at all? No. Nope. Nope. But I subscribe at I think the ten dollar level. Mm. Yeah, like, like the blind. Oh, that's good of you. The blind. My thing with support, supporting podcasts is I listen to a lot, so I just go the lowest tier on a lot, so I can sort of spread it out rather than just picking a few. Anyway, um, I have been impressed with Mike that he stuck with it because the the rap on Mike early in KMS was he doesn't stick with stuff. But like he he set yes. a, he sets a schedule and talk, like he's yeah Mike, Mike's fucking awesome. I love Mike. Blind my project is fun. Well. Like. If you really just want sort of a KMS style chat, usually you get a good half an hour out of Blind Mike Project. Usually the first half an hour until they get into the weeds of all their like Legion of Skanks bullshit. Um, and, and why are you laughing? Is a really good show. I just 
it has the potential actually to be like even land even better with a bit more research. Yeah, good. Um, good for Mike. All right. So that was Minifam World. Let's get into listener questions. Right. First question. This is from Suburban Tug Time. Mm. I asked this as a maybe former Clemmer fan. Why does he seem to have so much trouble being playful or humorous? Has it always been like this? The guy looks miserable. Now, tug time. Clemmer and I had a great dinner in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, when I was over there in summer, and he's a really, really nice guy. But I do think he is actually not as playful as maybe we thought he was in the beginning. I think he's actually a little bit cunty deep down. He's he's got an edge to him, which I actually think you need to be in the content game. Yes. Yep. And he's stubborn. Like he doesn't take people's advice. He really sticks to his vision for things. Um, which I guess you also kind of need. I, I made some mild critiques of what he'd done when we were having dinner together and his response was, Well, it worked. Like I've got a job at Barstool. So yeah. I think what I did worked and I'm right and you're wrong. I mean, he, so, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I under, I can understand, but, but that, that, that's, that doesn't mean that he couldn't have improved on the things that he did. Like, why isn't he doing? Why isn't he doing at a theater near me? I presume he's living in New York City, right? Mm. Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't? I don't know. Why is? I don't understand why he's not doing that through Barstool. We're doing something. I, I don't know. I, I would say, though, when he came into Barcelona, there would be pretty clear things like, all right, so Jeff's our movie guy. LCB's got a thing like you can't just come in and start doing movie stuff because we've got someone doing that. Um, all right, next question from Kirky Walnuts. How much harder is it for you to find work without the help of an all-star agent like Blind Mike? Well, Kirky Walnuts, I actually think, maybe this is an avenue I need to explore. You know, I want to zoom in regularly to KMS. Maybe I need to sort of start to go through Mike. Yeah, go for it. Go Are you awake it. there? Are you awake? I'm awake. I'm awake. It's just, it's just, I don't, I'm out of the loop with this whole, like Mike being an agent for Kirky Walnuts thing. I don't know. Okay. Boring. Great. Move on. Fuck off Kirky Walnuts. <sighs> Great guy. Minifan Lauren, a lot of go. third, a lot of third chair rankings going around. What is yours? Well, Lauren, we did that earlier in the show, so thank you. If there were to be a Minifan team in the dozen, who would you put in that team? I have three. I would put John Stewart because I think he's got some crazy memory going on. Yep. I would put Ned Snark because someone as old as him with so much life experience will be able to answer sort of the questions from the 40s and 50s. Yeah, and if and the category then, uh, was like constant wet dick, he'd nail it. Exactly. And then R.A. Minahan, who we know is a very intelligent guy, you know, is the host of the History is Buffs he? podcast. I actually regret not spending more time with R.A. when I was at the Wilbur. Like I, by the time I saw him, it was the end of the night and um, – it was all pretty loose by then, but yeah, regret not spending more time with RA, but that's my top three RA, Ned, John Stewart for the dozen. Do you have an idea or you hadn't thought about this? I had, I had John Stewart and that's it. I think you don't need yeah. anyone else. Yeah. We know how badly you've done lists tonight. So I'm glad you don't have a list. It would have been, Oh, I've got, yeah, let's just put, okay. Minifans. <laughs> is that my answer? Okay. Is that like, my but answer? instead of the dozen, <laughs> It's uh, double got, got, original double. Yeah, I've got a hundred minifans here who would work out. Um, all right, Carlos. 
So the former intern has got three questions. His first one, my question is for Andy. What's this new pussy mayo? I miss the crazy mayo. New mayo is almost as boring as Snell. How do you respond to these accusations, new mayo? I already said I think I'm more boring than Snell. I think Snell brings more to the table than I do because he's 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 open with his uh with his you know with his life and 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 all that stuff. So um yeah, I don't know. Manners, you know me. I, I what, what do you think? You you've spent time with me. I think I'm I think I'm I think I'm more probably more authentic now than before, which is more boring. If, I don't disagree with that. Well, I guess a couple of things, and I think this goes for both of us. Like Steve was triggering for us because we knew he wasn't the right fit for the show. We were right about that the whole time, and because you and I care about Kirk so much, I think that would elicit a lot of emotional responses to us. We were were very, very, um, I guess, loud and outspoken in our dislike of Steve, and I. So we've both, I think, since he's gone, turned a corner. We accept Cull for his imperfections because we like him. No one's going to be perfect, but he is a good fit for Kirk. You know, he's like an 85% fit, whereas maybe Steve was a 20% fit kind of thing. You know, and I'd be 100% fit. But who's into numbers? I don't know. Um, like, so I think that's certainly played into it now. And then I think as well, that phone call where you called in and Steve destroyed you. Yeah. It did something, it did something to your soul. I don't, it crushed you. I think it maybe you know, sapped you of confidence. You know, I know Emily, when she says the nudes also tells me you haven't been the same in bed since then. (laughs) Um, So I just wonder if this is sort of a whole sort of thing happening. Yeah. I think, I think it, I think it just like, I I can't, I can't hang. I can't hang. I can't, I can't get in the mud. I can't, I just can't handle it. And, and I was, I was, I was an asshole to Steve. Like, Mm. like if, if Steve was around today, I would. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't healthy engagement. It wasn't healthy. Mm. So, so I, I don't blame Steve. I blame it's that that's a, that's a me thing. That's a me thing. And I've, I've struck a nice balance where I love the show. It's one of the fucking highlights of my day. Listening to KMS best podcast ever. Love the fan base. Love the Wilbur. Uh, I'm enjoying the way I'm engaging with it. And I, and if Steve were to come back, I, pro- I, I don't think I would be dragging Steve like I did before, even though I think, I think, I think my, opinion of steve would be the same as before of course okay this question from carlos as well do you guys see that clem is still working at barstool a year from now no i will take i will say yes i think he will i think he will come good in the second half of his tenure i think he's just finding his feet poking around not that way commuter laura if you're worried and yeah i think he'll find his feet and everything will be good can you imagine if Clemmer cheated on you? Can you fucking imagine that? Yeah. How do you come I, back from that? I think yeah, I think you jump in front of a train then. Yes. 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 All right. Last question from Blind Owl. This is for you. Has Mayo considered cosmetic surgery? Sorry. Has Mayo considers cosmetic surgery? This is for someone that runs a blog. Can't even write fucking tweet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, blind it's 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 you know, the, you, you want, you know, the number one comment I got from people at the Wilbur was, you're not as ugly as I thought you'd be. I mean, so I, got, you you know, sh- I got as, you know, as short as I thought you'd be. 
I've got moles, but I'm not ugly. I mean, if you're ugly, you know it. You grow up, no, like society will tell you if you're good looking or ugly. And I know I'm not ugly. I know I've got moles, but it's actually a testament to how good my facial structure is and how handsome I am that it counteracts the moles. You know, Christian Bale, um, that that hot uh, Nancy Crawford, right? Certain there's celebrities in the world who are so good looking that they get away with one prominent mole and it becomes one of their defining features. I'm so fucking good looking. I've got 30 of them and it doesn't matter. But yes, Blind Owl, I, I have had some moles uh, cosmetically removed to answer your question. There we go. All <laughs> right, that was the list of the questions. Thank you. And let's wrap it all up with yeah, our Red's I'm parents spent. and Charlie's Whew. tribute segment. You know, what have you been watching? Oh, we're not in done. The last week. Yeah, it's Jesus well, Christ. It's the, the pop culture segment. It's not a long segment. Oh, I'm you know, sick of myself at this point, Manners. Well, Red's parents right. and yeah. Charlie are watching something upstairs. What do you recommend? Uh, right now, we are watching House of the Dragon, which I like a lot. I like it okay. a lot. I think it has much more heart than Game of Thrones. And I won't spoil it for anybody, but the arc of King Viserys and the acting, uh, the, the actor who played that character is just fucking tremendous and there's moments in house of the dragon like there's there's a part where he just tap pat someone on the shoulder and i fucking love that scene so much so it's really like strong storytelling and great acting whereas game of thrones by the end was just completely reliant on spectacle and they totally fucked it up in the end but house of the dragon so far i think is off to a really strong start and then we are watching the lord of the Rings series and i'm a huge tolkien fan i i reread lord of the rings about once a year i just started fellowship of the rings again and um <laughs> yeah i believe you admitted that online <laughs> it's i don't mind I, I fucking love it they're great books and i love and the Peter Jackson the show? movies. the show is good it's good and and i do not get i diversify the cast i don't give a fuck i don't give mm. a fuck about it if the character's skin color doesn't have anything to do with who that character is, then I don't fucking care if Tolkien in like 1938 wrote it as a bunch of white people. And if the movies had a bunch of white people, you know why? Cause everything has been fucking white people up until mm. now. So now they're doing it a different way. It's not like, it's not like they cast Dakota Fanning to play an escaped slave in a movie where the skin color actually matters. You know what I mean? Like just fucking get over it. People, the Lord of the Ring show is good. And I, I struggle to see how if you love the Peter Jackson movies, you don't love the show. Cause to me, it, it feels like a, like a spiritual cousin of it very much. Yeah. I'm watching it too. And I, I really like it. My criticism of the power of the ring is I thought the first three episodes, they didn't, they were a bit slow with the setup. Yes. Like I think the, the four, five and six, the episodes have been really good and it has paid off. But, like, when I think about re-watching it, I, I just don't think I could sit through those first three episodes again. Like, I think I could – I'd start at episode four when it kind of – the pace starts to pick up because I just feel they jumped around a bit too much in those first few episodes and you kind of – took a while to put it together and actually listening to lights camera barstool actually made it a lot better because they would put the pieces together and then you go okay that's okay and then when you watch the next episode you'll be a bit more in tune but you shouldn't have to listen to a podcast to to do that it should just be better told yeah i mean i don't know there's there's a lot of uh there's a lot of pop culture media now where like westworld for example 
or even House of the Dragon and stuff where I'm like, if I didn't listen to podcasts about the show, there's so much shit that would go over my head. I, mm. I don't know if that's just like a like a sign of the times now that that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I But yeah, I don't anyway, know. If I, you, I don't know if you can count on shows to be that clear anymore or, or no, that, they're uh, almost yeah. creating them knowing people are going to seek out supplemental material about the show that's itself. True. Yeah, just I think could have just been a bit pacier in those first few episodes and maybe st- stuck more on sort of one story and then moved to the next rather than jumping around so much. Um, also, I've been watching Andor and we're at just done the first six episodes and it is fucking brilliant. My only criticism is it's actually a show that you should not be releasing one episode per week. You should be releasing three episodes at a time because they're being – made in three episode arcs so they're, ah. they're actually they're actually the the flow of the stories is three episodes so the, the say the second episode or the fifth episode in the most recent arc it was really unsatisfying because it was all set up and no payoff whereas when you watch a weekly show you kind of need a little payoff every week as a kind of hook and if they just dropped all the episodes at once, it wouldn't have mattered because you just watch episode five and then you go straight over to episode six for your payoff. So that's my only criticism of is their release schedule. Hmm. Good for you, nerd. Thank you. Uh, and finally, um, I watched this week a lot of cricket and also watched Logan, the Wolverine movie. I've yes. never seen it. Oh, what do you think? so fucking good. So fucking, fucking good. Awesome. I love I love the psycho girl in it. The little girl was awesome. Um, it was just a great movie. Pe- people had prepared me for it having a darker tone, so I was ready for that. And, yeah, it was just a great, great watch. Hugh Jackman, That's, another yeah. great Australian, loves cricket, um, terrific guy. That's a great movie that happens to be a superhero movie. You know what mm. I mean? Some superhero movies are very good, but that is just a fucking great movie and it happens to be a superhero movie. And when spoiler alert everybody, but when when Charles Xavier is in that bed like begging Logan to kill him, saying kill me as Logan's I was like, "Holy shit, buckle up. This is fucking like nothing I've ever seen with this type of stuff." Yeah, that was a great. Mm. That was a great movie. Hey, did you did you stick with Agents of Shield, which I recommended to you when you were yeah, here? Yeah, I'm still, I'm still going going with. Where it. are I'm, you in it? Where are you in I'm it? I'm about the third season, beginning of the third season, because uh, you know I'm sort of I'm watching a couple of episodes a week, maybe two or three a week. You know, there's a lot of it, kind of stringing it out because it is such a good show. Oh, okay, I'm glad you like it. Love it. All right, so that's um, that's it for Minna Fandom this week. We've gone close to two hours, but oh it's a really God. strange week. Antric. So. So they had the Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday shows on KMS, and I think Mike's gone to Vegas, um, and there's no KMS, I think, till sort of midway through next week. I think Montante's in on Tuesday, and then Thursday is Mike, and then Friday is Mike and Steve. So yeah. really fun week. I love Montante, love Mike, um, and, you know, Steve will be there. So will you listen? yeah, to there's Steve? a bit of a gap. Will you listen to the Steve episode? Absolutely. I Why don't not? I don't know. I don't I don't think I will. You've, I don't think I will. Got, you're like a Vietnam veteran now. You've got such strong P, PTSD. Yeah. I just you like fucking, you can't even I hear really, his voice. You you know, I, I could see like if you heard his voice, you'd just be like shaking in a corner or something. Yeah. I mean I hate I really hate I really don't like Steve as a person. No, neither do I. 
And, and 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 I mean, I'm sure he's he's a good like a good. I'm not saying he's a bad person, but no, I think, he's gonna, I think sure. he's gonna be boring as fuck too. Like, how can Kirk criticize Jerry for being so rigid in his thinking and so hyper focused on politics, and then bring Steve on? I don't. I don't. Oh, come on. I'll be wrong. It's happened once. Well, you before. haven't listened. You haven't listened to Steve recently, have you? No. Is he he's better? Wrong. Like, does he, Kirk get more out of him? He's wittier. Like he can absolutely destroy Cullinane. Oh, um, okay. Maybe I'll. Yeah. Maybe I'll tune in. He, he's wittier. I mean, he's still Steve, but he, he sort of he's a little bit more lighthearted because he's not the producer anymore. He can just come in and swing his dick around. Like when he came in last time, he just waltzed in late to kind of show who's the yeah. boss wasn't even there for the beginning, that kind of thing. Like there's a different feeling around. He's not under Kirk's thumb now. All right. I'll tune in. I'll tune in. Okay. Good. Steve is going to be uh, a fucking kingmaker in Maine. My prediction for yeah. Steve, he is going to be like, if you want to run for state Senate in Maine, Steve Robinson, if you're a Republican is going to be like the campaign manager you want to get. I think he's going to, I bet he sets up shop in Maine and fucking turns into like a, a local kingmaker. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, and what's your future with Minna Fandom? I mean, when I was over there, you were like, oh, maybe I'll come on regularly. And then I left and you were like, oh, maybe I don't want to come on regularly. Like, you know, you know, where are you feeling with the show? I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't, we'll see what the reaction's like. You know, it's not it's not hard to send me running, so. No, but even okay. even even if there's even if there's no negative reaction to it, I probably still would we would we go like three months without me? I'll, I think we got a good you like a quarter, a you quarterly like basis. Okay, yeah, if that's what you like. You know, I prefer sort of once every six weeks. I kind of um, like just saving it all up and then just unloading it on you. You know, yeah. I mean, we, you know, it's great. You've been so well prepared. You asked me to yeah. do a list. You didn't do. You know, you told me some great stories. I can't remember what they were, but they were fucking depressing. So, uh, yeah, let's save all this up for another three months. What? A, what? A I brought up stillbirths. Don't forget yes. the stillbirths. Absolutely. Thank you. What a pro tease for um, can't kill yourself. That was January. <laughs> all right. No, well, can't, listen, can't don't kill yourself. Yes. Well, listen. Thanks for tuning in, Kirk. You know, you're just the greatest. You certainly haven't made it an hour and. 50 minutes in um but appreciate everybody listening and uh we'll be back next week